I walked into school, with whispers following me, but is it just me, or did the crowd seem even more chatty today? I nervously walked up to my locker and, oh my god, splattered across it was the stamp Teenage Karen in spray paint. I shivered from embarrassment, surrounded by giggles and gawping faces. I ran straight into the bathroom and shut myself in a cubicle to calm down. You might be wondering, how did I get here? I don't sound like those unreasonable, cocky people that usually grow into Karens, right? Because I'm not one of them. However, I realize how my actions could have caused this situation. I was adopted into one of those wealthy families who pressured their children to grow successful and flawless. As a result, I have never got any lower grade than an A or lost a competition. I was that perfect child that was too scared to fail. Because nobody had ever taught her how failures work. But then one day, everything changed. One casual school day, I walked into the literature class and saw an unknown boy already occupying my desk. All the girls were giving him dreamy looks. Hey! I tapped on his shoulder. Is this your seat? Yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. He then moved to another desk. I forced a polite smile and took my seat. Then our literature teacher announced that we would have a little test today, not affecting our grades. Being the teacher's pet around here, I could tell this was because she wanted to test Austin, that new boy. Okay, fine by me. Another A-plus to add to my collection. But only, I somehow couldn't concentrate. I looked out of the window, trying to find some writing inspiration, but that new guy was blocking my view. Okay, to be fair, he looks pretty cute. Without realizing it, I started staring at him. Then suddenly, he turned to me. We made eye contact, which startled me. Oh gosh, wake up, Catherine. You have a test to finish. I tried to focus on my essay again, but I kept having this feeling of him looking at me. Jesus, I hope he didn't get the wrong idea. I'm not like those girls who only go to school to check out cute boys. Time's up. I nervously turned in my paper, as I knew I was distracted and didn't deliver my best. But never mind, nobody could beat me, even on my worst days. Well, not this time. The following day, the teacher handed me back my work and whispered, I don't know what happened, but it's okay. Don't worry. Huh? I quickly took the paper and... B minus? Okay, I knew I couldn't get an A plus with this one, but not even a normal A? I've never had a B before. The disappointed faces of my parents popped up in my mind. What if they wouldn't want me anymore? They adopted me gave me this luxurious, perfect life, and this is how I thanked them? I started to panic and looked around to find the teacher. I needed to clear this up. And that's when I caught a glimpse of Austin's paper. An A? No way! I slammed it on the table and stood up. I protest this grade. There must have been some mistake. Can you please look over my essay? Oh, don't worry. This isn't an official test, so it's fine. No! It's not fine! How can I possibly be worse than this new kid? You have to reconsider it, or I'll take it to the principal! Kate, you're being unreasonable. Sit down, or I'll take you to the principal. I took a deep breath and calmed myself while sitting down. 
There were whispers about me circulating the class, but I couldn't care less, as I had this B- minus to deal with. My parents could never know about this. After this, I knew my friends were just pretending to be okay with me. As one time, when we had to team up for the relay running in PE class, no one picked me. In the end, Coach Malone had to add me to a group. And guess what? It's the group of Austin and his fangirls. I hate this. And look at him. Such a thorn in my eye. I wish I could just throw this baton in his annoying face. But, thud, I fell face down just inches away from Austin. Are you okay? Just take the dumb baton and go. Ugh, this dude is definitely bad luck. I crawled up, then suddenly I heard giggles. It was a group standing by the track lanes with their phones up. Were they laughing at me? I stormed over to them with my hands up to cover their cameras. What's so funny? Do you have any common courtesy? Um, chill out. It's not, has no one taught you to help others in need? Not record them and laugh over it? No, listen. Funny story. We actually, so you still think it's funny? Delete that video right now. No, you can't. Just, just hear us out. But that only made me madder and yank on the phone even harder. Then, oops, the phone went flying and hit the hard concrete ground. Oh no, I didn't mean to. The boy whose phone it was freaked out and ran over to pick it up. Look what you've done! Who would ever want to film you? We were just making a performance video for the cheerleading team. Through the cracked screen of his phone, I saw a video of the cheerleaders practicing on the field on the other side of the track lanes. Oh no. This was so embarrassing. I quickly asked for the guy's contact and promised I'll make up for his broken phone, then ran back to my class. I felt exhausted. It's like the whole world was against me. But at least there was always one thing that could ease my soul. Yes, it's my books. That's why whenever I feel drained, I'd go to the school library to relax. So, like every other time, I made my way there, but... I think I'd forgotten my library card. Oh well, no big deal, as the librarian, Mrs. Flenderson, is basically family to me at this rate. She doesn't even ask for my card anymore. Hi, Mrs. Flenderson, I said as I passed by the librarian's desk. But then I was taken aback by some unfamiliar voice. Um, where are you going? Card, please? It turned out Mrs. Flenderson was out of the office and there's this freshman who volunteered to fill in. I asked her nicely to let me in, but she kept on saying no while chewing on her gum, which drove me crazy. Ugh. Listen, do you know who I am? I don't need some dumb card to get in here. Yeah, yeah, but not on my watch. Look, half of these books are from my family's donation. You should be showing some more respect, kiddo. Your snobby opinions won't work with me. Here, we attend the same school, so we're all equal and rules are rules. Let me speak to your supervisor. Call Mrs. Flenderson. You're such a Karen. I froze upon hearing that word. That was the first time I'd been called by that nickname, and only then I realized how much of a fuss I'd been making here. But it's just that I was already in such a terrible mood. All I wanted was to just go to my safe place, and that too was impossible now.
I then quickly composed myself and walked away. But to my dismay, some passerby had been watching me throw a tantrum since God knows when. And yep, Austin was there too. Why would I be surprised anymore? My stories at the running track, also at the library, soon spread around the school like wildfire. People didn't try to hide the fact that they were avoiding me anymore and started calling me Karen. So, obviously, this one time when we had to pair up in literature class for the midterm essay, I was left alone again. At least, that's what I thought, until Austin leaned over and asked me to be his partner. Though I hated his guts, I cannot fail his test. So, yeah, I've agreed. We met up later that day at his house. I was enthusiastically showing him some of the book options for our essays topic, but he was totally unbothered, scrolling through his phone. Yeah, yeah, whichever you like. He'll be taking care of all this anyway. What do you mean? Look, I only paired up with you because you're so good at this. So please just do your thing. Whatever. I don't care. I hate these. You don't like literature? But last time you scored an A. Oh, that? Don't be too bitter, as I just copied your work and changed it around a bit. So, technically, it's your A, too. Yay! Congrats! What? So, all of the stress I had to bear these past few weeks turned out was just because he cheated? Ugh! I was so angry! Feeling on emotional overload, I burst out crying, which got Austin flustered. Hey, what's wrong? Calm down! Don't cry! I'm sorry! Please stop crying! Then through tears, I started telling him about all the pressure I have to bear from my parents' expectations, and about all the care and mishaps I've gotten caught up with lately at school. At one point, Austin apologized to me, as he realized this all originated from the act of him copying my essay. That night, we didn't get anything done for the essay, but we just sat down and talked. After such an oversharing session, Austin and I naturally got closer to each other. In fact, he became the only friend I had at school. It's nice to have a friend again, but it's still hard when your reputation at school was totally ruined and everyone knew you as teenage Karen. Especially when I had a big speech contest coming up. I hadn't been in the right mind to study, so I barely had anything prepared for the competition. I kept imagining my parents' disappointed faces when I didn't win first place. The night before the contest, I was so stressed out that I had to pour it all out into my diary in hope that I would feel lighter and ready for the big day. Then suddenly my phone rang. It was Austin. Hey. Good luck tomorrow, Kate. See you there. Thanks. I don't know anymore. Are you still stressed over it? If you're this worn out because of it, then I know a cure. What is it? Just quit. It's just some contest. And you don't have to come first in everything. We're all just human after all. You're crazy. <laughs> okay, I'll get some sleep now. See you tomorrow. But my mind was too cluttered with thoughts and worries to sleep. The next morning, I arrived in front of the competition venue, but hesitated to go inside. Then suddenly, I found myself running away from that building while phoning Austin. Meet me at the park, West Gate. Ten minutes later, he arrived in his car. I hopped in the front seat, then said, Let's go to the theme park. I want to have fun. Austin looked at me, stunned. 
but then he smiled and drove off without a question. Yep, just like that. I dropped out of the contest and turned off my phone to just enjoy a day being a teenager. I went on all the scariest roller coaster rides, screaming my heart out, leaving all my worries behind. By dusk, I was 100% ready for my parents' tantrum. They probably would disown me now, but I felt strangely calm. As Austin drove up to my house, I could see my mom pacing back and forth in the front yard. There she was, already waiting to punish me. Upon seeing me, mom ran straight over and gave me a hug. Oh my god, honey! Where have you been all day? We've been worried sick about you! Wait, what's going on? Why isn't she angry? Then dad also ran over to us as soon as he spotted me, holding something in his hand. Sweetie, I'm so sorry for not knowing how much you've been through. We didn't realize our high expectations were putting so much pressure on you. We might have been too strict on you, but I want you to know that we'll always love you, no matter what. Oh, dad was holding my diary. So, they know everything now. I cried tears of relief. It was so good to know they finally understood my feelings, and they even swore to change and try to listen to me more. That day, I realized that my parents loved me unconditionally, and whatever happened in my life, they would never give me up. What's up, teenage Karen? Um, yeah, my friends still call me Karen. But it's okay, as they only call me it in a jokey way, nothing mean or anything. I'm over everything that happened, and so is everyone else. It's all just memories now, but thanks to that Karen phase, I was reminded not to be so strict on myself, so I don't end up being a Karen to my own self again. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year since Gerald passed away. I know it's been hard, but on the bright side, at least you still have your two wonderful daughters. Thank you. She smiled. Then she rubbed Jamie's head. I'm very proud of this one. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's pretty, Jamie's girly, Jamie's adorable. And I was just the other child. I watched on as the three of them relaxed on the porch, giggling about dumb stuff and enjoying their lemonade, while I struggled with the stupid lawnmower. They didn't even notice me. I quickly finished up. Then I grabbed my skateboard and hurried out of there. Charlotte, stop right there. And where exactly do you think you're going without my permission? Skateboarding. I grumbled, then left. Whatever. She didn't care anyway. She just wanted to suffocate me. It wasn't like this back when I had Dad on my side. As you can see, I'm not a girly girl. All that manicure and makeup stuff just seems like nonsense to me. But my non-identical twin, Jamie, lives for it. She always wakes up extra early just so she has more time to style her hair, apply her makeup, and pick out her daily outfit. Then all she does at school is sit around with the other Barbies and giggle at pretty much everything. But guess that's the kind of girl mom prefers, as it's blatantly clear that Jamie's her favorite. It's always me who had to do all the chores in the house, just so her Jamie could sit there scrolling through her phone. There was one time when I was washing the dishes, I heard a deafening shriek. No, my sister wasn't being murdered. Instead, there was a spider crawling across the floor. Poof! 
It was just a spider. Nuts. I didn't want to be a chore slave. I just wanted to skateboard. Yeah, skateboarding and painting are my true passions. But mom told me skateboarding was for boys. Ugh, how ridiculous. So I often snuck out. There were times I got so into it that I lost track of time and arrived home to mom's furious eyes. You're grounded. Next time, I won't hesitate in breaking your boards in half. Jeez, that was so unfair. I pushed past her and ran into my room. Then clutching my board, I burst into tears. I wish dad was still here. <sighs> Whenever mom and I argued, he always came up to my room and told me how mom only acted the way she did because she cares about me. She just has a different way of showing it. It's been a whole year since he passed, all because of a freak accident at the factory he worked in. Now, we all had to rely on mom's home tailor job, and I just became the errand girl, while Jamie sits around looking pretty? Worse still, mom insisted I get a part-time job to support the family, while Jamie didn't have to. When I questioned mom on this, she just said, Jamie isn't like you. She wouldn't be able to handle both school and work. Excuse me, what? But I knew arguing with mom about it was pointless. Anyways, it all worked out okay as I landed myself a job in this cool skateboard store. Oh, and also, less house chores. One rainy afternoon, the store was quiet, so I took out my sketchbook and designed some skateboards. Then my manager, Rick, peered over my shoulder. Uh-oh, was I in trouble? But to my surprise, he said, That's pretty good. Then he passed me a flyer for a skateboard designing contest. You should give it a try. This contest was meant to be, so I spent all my free time shut away in my room working on my design. I didn't see Mum or Jamie for a full week. How peaceful. <laughs> and guess what? I won first prize. It was awesome. However, Mum snatched the prize money from me due to family financial reasons. So my money was going to be used on new clothes and makeup for Jamie. Unbelievable. I didn't want to be under this roof anymore. But at 15, where else could I go? Poof. Then Mum told me her work was slow at the moment, so I should enter more contests to support my family. Hey, it got me out of chores, so I agreed to it. And I pretty much won all of them. But it did annoy me that I didn't get to keep my rewards. Then when I saw Jamie showing off her new shoes, I just wanted to yank them off her feet and throw them at her. Ugh! I thought twins were meant to have some sort of deep connection or something. Not me and Jamie. We couldn't be more different. Finally, I had a day off, so I arranged to go skateboarding with Rick. I grabbed my board and was about to leave when Mom blocked the door. Charlotte, where do you think you're going? Jamie has a date tomorrow, and her dress needs hand-washing. What? This was ridiculous. I rolled my eyes and said, In that case, she can wash it herself. Don't take that attitude with me, young lady. You'll do as you're told. Through angry sobs, I screamed at her. I wish you weren't my mom! Then I ran upstairs to my room. Right at that moment, the doorbell rang. My mom calmed down, cleared her throat, and opened the door. Huh? 
Why was there an expensive-looking car in our driveway? And why was a wealthy-looking couple standing on the doorstep? Curious, I hid behind the wall to see who they were and what they were here for. From my eavesdropping, I found out that the couple was the Barnes. They just retired from their jobs working for the government in the secret intelligence department. Mom and Mrs. Barnes were besties in high school, so when they both fell pregnant at the same time, Mom offered to bring their daughter up as her own so they could go and work away on their secret mission. We've both taken early retirement, and we can finally enjoy life. We're very grateful to both you and Gerald for looking after our daughter, but we're here to take her home now. Oh. My. God. Turns out, one of us was adopted. No wonder we were nothing alike. But was it Jamie or me? Could it be me? I mean, Mom always preferred Jamie, so she could be her biological daughter. I knew they were my real parents. I could feel it. So taking a deep breath, I nervously stepped out to meet them. Jamie, come down here, sweetie. Mom called, and I froze on the spot. I watched on as Jamie appeared, and Mom introduced her to her real parents. She didn't even seem surprised. She just replied, yes, I know and sweetly grinned. I'm so happy that I can finally meet you both. The Barnes cooed over Jamie like she was a puppy or something. Then they got emotional and all. Ugh, it made me want to puke. I ran up to my room, locked the door, and cried. Life was so unfair. Jamie was always the lucky one, while I always got the raw deal out of things. I must have cried myself to sleep, as when I woke up, it was morning. I reached for my phone. Jamie had messaged me. It's sad you missed my farewell dinner. I had a great time living with you. Come and hang out sometime, okay? Poof! I aggressively threw my phone down onto my bed. Bold of her to assume I would ever want to hang out with her. We had nothing in common. Luck alone was an example. Life went on, but without Jamie, as she moved to some rich kid's school. And I continued going to school, work, sneaking out to skateboard, and avoiding mom as much as possible. Then one chemistry class, while we were carrying out an experiment in the lab, one of my classmates made a mistake. And boom! We were all left looking like Cinderella! <laughs> and that might have actually been the best thing of that day, since we were dismissed two hours early. Excited, I rushed home to get my skateboard but I knew I needed to sneak past mom so she didn't accuse me of skipping class. But as I passed the kitchen, I saw her sitting at the table sobbing to herself. What was going on? Suddenly, she stood up and walked out to the backyard. There was a leather notebook and a pen on the kitchen table, so I tiptoed over and took a peek. It looked like her diary. Hmm. Those freshly written lines were stained with tears. Jamie. My baby, I miss you terribly. I want you to live a wealthy, happy life. So I made the ultimate sacrifice. I tell myself every day that you're now a Barnes, not a Smith anymore. Not my daughter anymore. What? I couldn't trust my own eyes. What did these words mean? Could it be... But even if she mistreats me sometimes, she couldn't be that kind of person, right? I tore out that page, then hurried off to the skate park. Only, I couldn't concentrate. 
It was so bad, I messed up my pop shivet and landed on my butt. Ugh, this was driving me insane. That evening, Mom appeared in my doorway and asked, Charlotte, what did you do this afternoon? I answered, I told you already. I was at school and then the skate park. Did you see my notebook? The leather one? I shook my head in response. Oh, it's my expense book. I can't remember where I left it. She gave another scan around my room before leaving. When she was out of sight, I immediately pulled out my phone and texted Jamie. Jamie, I miss you a lot. Can I come over to your house tomorrow? I needed to see Mr. and Mrs. Barnes. I had to find out what was going on once and for all. Jamie replied she had a date the next day. Hmm. While I was typing out a reply, she sent me another message. We can't hang out. Please stop contacting me. Okay, that was weird. Did she sense something was up? I checked Jamie's social network profile and noted down the name of her new school. The next morning, I skipped class, went straight to Jamie's school administrator's office to ask for the Barnes's address. Oh, and of course, I made up a convincing story. Jamie's my sister, but then we found out she's actually the Barnes's biological daughter. Now my mom, who raised Jamie all these years, is really sick, and I need to tell her, but I don't know how to reach her. Perfect. She handed me the address and even wished me luck. There was no point wasting time, so I skated my way round to the Barnes's. As I rang on their doorbell, I could feel my heart somersaulting in my chest. I introduced myself as soon as they answered the door. Hey, I'm Charlotte. Mrs. Smith's daughter? But I strongly believe I'm not Charlotte Smith, because I have something to show you. Then I handed them the torn page from my mom's diary. They both turned ghostly pale, and Mr. Barnes even had to grip onto the doorframe to steady himself. I felt bad for putting them through this. I mean, what if I was wrong? So I suggested, let's just do a DNA test to be sure. A few days later, the Barnes turned up at our house with Jamie. They slammed two DNA test results down in front of Mom. I peered down at them. Whoa! Turns out, I really am the Barnes's biological daughter after all! Mom gave this expressionless look, but then in a quiet voice she said, I just wanted Jamie to have a wealthy and privileged life. She's not as strong as Charlotte. She needs this more. Please don't blame her. She didn't know anything about this. Then she hugged Jamie and cried. Mr. and Mrs. Barnes looked overwhelmed. Finally, Mr. Barnes managed to find the words to say, Jamie's also like a daughter to us now. We will take care of her like you did with our daughter. But just stay away from us. He pulled Jamie away from Mom and guided her out of the house. Mrs. Barnes hugged me as she started crying. I found myself doing the same. This was my real mom holding me. Whoa, this was so crazy. I packed my things, but as I was leaving, my old mom called me back. Charlotte, I have something to give to you. Then she handed me a small box full of cash. This is your prize money. I put it away for your college fund. You better have it back. I'm so sorry. My sight blurred with tears. Dad was right. She still cared for me.
My parents will forgive you. Then you'll soon see both of us again, I said as I hugged her tightly. Then I turned and left. A new life was waiting ahead of me. I opened the drawer and, aha, there it was. I'd been looking for this magazine for ages. But as I closed the drawer, I noticed something else. A photo hiding under the magazine. There was a woman and two kids in the photo. A boy and a girl. I was so confused. Hmm, who were they? I turned it over and there was a message on the back that said, This is my new number. Call me more often. I miss you so much. Suddenly my mom came in and I was about to ask her about the photo, but she got mad and started screaming at me to get out of the room. Never, ever come into our room again. Do you hear me, Aaron? We have private stuff in here. You know the rules. I, I was just looking for the magazine, I said, and quickly tucked the photo inside before running out of her room. Actually... I knew I wasn't meant to go in my parents' room, but I was doing a school essay on sustainability and I'd seen an article in my mom's magazine about it a few days back, so I'd searched the whole house to try and find it. Eventually, I knew the only place it could be was their room, so I snuck in. Usually their door was locked, so I was in luck. Ever since I was a kid, I had been forbidden to go in there, but I had no idea why. Back in my room, I couldn't stop staring at the photo. Were these my relatives or something? Long-lost cousins? The boy in the pic looked totally like my dad. Oh no. Reading the note behind it again, suddenly I thought this could be another family of my dad. Do you know what I meant? Yes. What if my dad had a secret family? Maybe he'd cheated on my mom and had this whole other secret life. My inner detective was going crazy. There was nothing else for it. I had to get to the bottom of this and find out the truth. I searched online for the phone number and couldn't believe it when a girl the same age as me popped up. I started scrolling through all her photos and suddenly saw one of a young guy holding a baby and the caption said, Miss the old days of being daddy's little girl. This was insane. I was certain the young guy in the photo was my dad and I needed to talk to the girl ASAP. I messaged her and told her we were related. I even sent some photos of me taken with my dad to prove it. I was shaking when I saw her reply pop up. My dad never mentioned you. Not even once. That hurt me so much. I couldn't believe this girl was actually my dad's daughter too. Now, how am I supposed to break this news to mom? She'd freak out. I couldn't bear the thought of seeing this crush her. So, I decided to go clear things up myself first. A few days later, my dad was going on a business trip to Boston. Again. He was always going to Boston. I'd always believed he was just super busy at work. But now I knew the truth as my dad's secret daughter had confirmed she was also from Boston. I mean, of course she was. So I told my mom I was going to spend the weekend at my friend's house. And the moment my dad left, I jumped in a cab that I'd called and asked the driver to follow him. When we got to Boston, I saw my dad stop outside of a house and then glance around as if he thought he was about to get caught. Then he got out of his car and rang the doorbell. A woman came to open and immediately they started kissing. Then a young girl appeared and, yep, it was exactly the people in the photo. 
I was shaking so much, I actually dropped the money for the cab. It felt like my dad had punched me in the chest. I was so upset. He had this whole other family that mom and I had no clue about. I couldn't stand it anymore. Mom didn't deserve this. I walked towards the house and was so focused on what I was planning to say to my dad, I didn't even notice a van pulling up right next to me. Suddenly, everything went black, and I realized I had been blindfolded. A huge hand was covering my mouth so I couldn't even scream. I felt tape being put across my lips, sealing them shut. Then someone yanked me backwards and shoved me into some kind of car. Oh my god, was I being kidnapped? Why? Had my dad seen me and now he was trying to cover his tracks? This was like something out of a movie. They even tied me up. After what felt like a billion hours, we finally stopped and I was dragged out of the car into a cold, dark building. Someone took my blindfold off, but it was so dark inside I couldn't really see anything except a single light bulb above my head. The tape across my mouth was pulled off and I was untied. I wanted to run out of there as fast as possible, but I was terrified. Two men dressed in black were standing in the room and one of them glared at me and said, They think they can hide you forever? <laughs> Who are you? I shouted. Where am I? If it's money you want, call my dad. Please just let me go, I said in what must have been the shakiest voice ever. Don't worry, we're not going to hurt you. We don't even need money. It's your parents we want. In three weeks, they'll be out of prison. And then they'll need to come here to get you back. Then we can really punish you for knowing too many secrets about us. I had no idea what they were talking about. Prison? My parents aren't in prison. You've got the wrong person. One of the men just laughed and said, It's been 12 years and yet you still don't know about it. Then he walked off laughing his head off. What? What were they talking about? None of this made any sense. My dad was a businessman, and my mom was a housewife. This was all some big mix-up. It had to be. They'd locked me in that dark room. I tried to scream and bang on the door, but no one heard me. Or if they did, they didn't care. The next few days were some of the worst of my life. I didn't think I'd survive. Twice a day, someone slipped food under the door, and I spent most of the time trying to think of ways to escape. There was no window, but there was a small air vent, and if I could just open it, I thought I might be able to crawl through and get the heck out of this disgusting, shabby place. Lucky for me, they'd given me a fork to eat with, and slowly I'd been using it to loosen the screws on the grid of the vent. Finally, on the third night, I waited until everything was dead quiet, and I got into the vent. I crawled through and managed to get out. I was at the back of some old abandoned warehouse, and as I stood up to stretch my legs, someone covered my mouth from behind. Oh, no! How had I got caught so quickly? But then I heard a voice. Shh, are you okay? I almost screamed. <gasps> it was my mom. How did you find me? I asked. But she just grabbed my hand and said, Let's get out of here. Then I'll explain. We climbed through a small gap in the fence, and then I saw a black car by the road. I started to panic again, but my mom told me it was for us. And then as we climbed in, she said to the driver, I got her, James. Let's go. It was only then that I finally took a look at my mom and realized what she was wearing. She was in all black and looked like a spy or something. Um, mom, what's going on? 
My mom bit her lip and said she couldn't hide it from me anymore. What she told me next was unbelievable. Turns out my parents weren't even my real parents. My biological mom and dad used to be members of this mob, but 12 years ago they'd been given an impossible task and they refused to do it, so their boss said he'd harm me as their punishment. My parents had no choice but to turn themselves in and ask the police for protection for me. In return, they gave the police some confidential info about the mob. Whoa, I was shocked. So, you're not my mom? My real parents are in prison? I felt like my head was spinning. How could my life get so crazy? Yep, they're in prison. Back then, the police stormed into the mob's headquarters, but the boss had managed to escape. That's why we put you in the protection program, because we knew he'd come search for you. This was too much. I didn't want such a dramatic life. Then I suddenly remembered there was more drama. Mom, um, I found out Dad was cheating on you, so I followed him here to Boston. Did you follow him too? I mean, how did you find me? This was so weird. My mom didn't look sad at all. She said, actually, he wasn't cheating. That woman and those kids are his family. You see, at the time, he and I were the only two people qualified enough to adopt you. So he actually left his family to fake our family life to protect you. It was all part of the protection program. But he missed his family so much. That's why he went back to see them most weekends. I'm so sorry, Aaron. We didn't expect it to turn out like this. When you didn't come home on Sunday, I used the GPS we set on your phone. And that's how I found you. Okay. My head was spinning even more. Not only were they not my real parents, they weren't even a real couple. This was absolute insanity. And all to protect me? Wow. And as it turns out, it worked out pretty well. Because by tracking me, they found the new boss's hideout. And now the police had arrived and he was finally being arrested. As for me and my family, we had to pretend to be a real family. For now. And actually, it wasn't that hard because I loved them so much and they'd sacrificed the past 12 years of their life to protect me. I'd be eternally grateful to them, and my biological parents would be out of prison soon, and then I'd be reunited with them. I don't remember anything about them, but they also sacrificed their lives to protect me, so they must be pretty amazing, right? <laughs>